0: They just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'll be your GM. Thank you again for joining us. It is continually our hope that you're staying safe and healthy right now, Thank you to all who are joining us to listen in and support us. I also want to mention that this episode, like the last one, might sound just a little bit different than you're used to. We've had to make a few changes to recording spaces recently, and we were still working things out when this last session was recorded. Everything is still perfectly listenable, just a little bit different. Thank you for your patience and understanding on this. In this episode, our friends have rested a bit after facing the creature in the reservoir. Now, they make plans to take some of the settlement's leadership into the space they've discovered below. Relationships are forged, energy is explained, and Voidfriend gives their opinions. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory continue to explore the imprinted echoes beneath their feet. The three of you have now spent about two days resting after the interaction with the creature that was down the well and reservoir just outside of the settlement. The water levels in that reservoir have risen and returned to a normal level to the point where Iona and Edos are no longer worried about it possibly running out. If you hazard a guess, you're understanding this creature was probably blocking most of the water flow that was coming from wherever the source is underneath the city you did leave that creature outside uh the settlement limits and it was collected between Dio and Rufus they dragged it back and it's been since kind of like cut up and boiled down in a sense into usable things
1: (laughs) they made a reduction (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes,
2: yes. A creature reduction. Great overpass. <laughs> Ooh, gross. Man. Yeah, no, that sounds...
1: Counterpoint, no.
2: <laughs> Y'all are cowards.
0: I'll admit that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, yep. Over the course of the two days, in looking at this, Rufus thinks that they could make some use out of it. And they ask you... Um, if I were to uh, be able to create something out of this weird kind of gelatinous substance that this creature seems to be made out of, th- the question I have for you it would be, would you look for something utilitarian? Something to deal damage, or something to protect yourself?
2: I personally think I would want something protected.
0: Are you just saying that because you got beat near to death by this thing? Maybe.
1: I also wouldn't mind something protective. I'm, I'm not sure if you can get much sturdier than this. And I, you know, pat the armor that I'm wearing currently. But uh, you know, that were up to me.
3: Jory, I feel like I should defer to my betters because I got us in a little trouble. So, sure, protective. Okay, I'll see what I can put together then.
1: Get some matching armor.
3: You're amazing. <laughs> Keep it up. Love you. Oh, thanks. Oh boy, I've I've gone a strange direction. Okay.
0: It's okay, Joy. Friends are allowed to say I love you too. Aw. I will say that over the course of the two days, all of your pools refill to max. And in addition, you all get one XP for your dealings with the creature.
1: Excellent.
0: In addition to looking at whatever this creature is made out of, you had also asked Rufus to... Take a look at the strange sword that was left behind by your attackers. At the end of this two days, they call you over to the workshop. So I think I have uh, figured out a couple things about this. I do not think it was specially made. Uh, I think it might have been specially sought out, but this seems to be uh, something of a make that is far, far older than uh, any of the things that I would normally see being created in workshops like mine.
1: So it's Numenera?
0: Oh, absolutely. 100%, without a doubt. Mm. In fact, this is more than just a cipher. This is something I would consider an artifact.
1: Mm.
0: There's a chance of it depleting the way a cipher does, but it's very
3: rare and they're significantly
0: more powerful.
3: I mean, any ideas about what... I don't know, any more information you can glean from it? or Well, uh, if
0: I understand what you all have told me about it, uh, in addition to what I've looked at, this blade, it does have to be activated, but when it is activated, it actually exists on multiple levels of reality at once. Ooh. And because of that, it's able to make contact with things that are out of phase or are maybe Uh, uh, trans-dimensional.
3: I I like like, it, I like it. That's all. Keep keep talking, I'm listening. You have my Uh,
0: attention. (laughs) you, You do have to activate it every time you want to utilize it in that manner to actually hit something that's out of phase, otherwise it's just a regular sword. While it doesn't take much time to activate, each time you do activate it, there is a chance that it will no longer work. Again, though, the chance is smaller than a Cypher. Essentially, what you have with artifacts is they have a greater effect, but they have a depletion chance. Mm. So it is a one in a die number chance of depleting and no longer working like a Cypher. So for this particular blade, this is a one in 20 chance. So I roll a d20. If it's a one, it's depleted and it no longer works. Otherwise you continue using it like you have always. And that's every time you would want to activate it. So if you just want to use it like a normal sword, that's fine. But if you want to activate it to try and utilize it to hit something that is out of phase or transdimensional or ultra-terrestrial or whatever it might be, you would have to activate it and take that chance that it will deplete.
2: Does the chance increase the more it's used or does it remain static? Nope.
0: It remains static.
2: Nice. That's really cool.
0: So I don't know if this is of interest to any of you. If it's not, um, I have two options. I could just break it down and take all the pieces and parts out of it for other things, which I am never going uh, to say no to. But on the flip side, I might be able... I don't think... I think you, you originally asked if I could turn this into some sort of armor or protection f- for jewelry. Because she phases in and out. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. I think that's too much of a change for its original purpose. But I might be able to retrofit this to a different weapon. Hmm. If there's any of you, so something of, of a similar size, so theoretically, uh, Nehemiah's uh, sword spear or jewelry or staff, uh, I could theoretically try and retrofit this technology to that so it doesn't have to necessarily be this broadsword, if that's something you're interested in. And in fact, Joy, if you decide you want this, I might be able to reverse the function so that if you are out of phase, you can hit something in phase.
1: <laughs> oh, do that. Do that.
0: That sounds useful. Because am I correct in understanding that normally when you're out of phase, you can't interact with anything that is, like, normally
3: around us? I mean, I can think about it, but... That would be such a treat. I don't even know what I'd say. Like I think I'd Well, thank
2: you is a good word.
3: I I, thank you.
2: You could also throw in another I love you.
3: I think that was kind of a one time thing because now I feel kind of
2: odd about it. But No, we're we're attempting to normalize it. The more you use it, the more natural it will feel. Somehow I don't feel like that's something that you would actually take part in yourself, Smallin. Oh, absolutely not.
3: Right. Okay, when Smallrin starts saying I love you, then maybe I will. But until then, thank you. Oh, goodness. Is is this okay? I don't want to like... Why wouldn't it be okay? Because I have friends that might want it.
1: Yeah, and I want you to be able to hit stuff when you can't be hit.
3: I like doing that too.
2: (laughs) I would love for you to have this. Easing my way into it. It was close. Challenge accepted, Jory.
3: If I knew when my birthday was, I would think it was today.
2: (laughs) Uh, Well, happy birthday.
3: It's, oh, that's not, it's not today. It it could be today, but I don't think it is.
1: Nah, I think it is.
3: Okay, how old am I? That's not a question I know the answer to.
0: Okay, me either, I'll take the staff. Okay, it'll take me a little while to make that alteration, uh, and I will need your staff. Um, are you okay without it for a little while? It won't be an immediate thing.
3: Yeah, go for it. Hopefully if anybody attacks, we can just run away. (laughs) Do you have something else that you can use in the meantime? You need to have a weapon. My fists and my wit and my feet.
2: Don't think that's going to do you very well. Uh, I I could always let you borrow my dagger for a while. That'll do. And I think,
0: didn't the other person have some daggers and knives too?
3: Which other person?
2: What did you call her? What did you call her? The, the nose? The mouth? What was her name? The eye. Right. Thought I wrote down whatever we took from her, but I don't think I did. She was using some daggers and knives, so
0: if, if that's something that you want to utilize, Jory, you're welcome to. Okay. okay. If And those would be light weapons, so when you go to attack with them, it has automatically eased a level.
3: Okay. How much so damage are they? Two. They're light weapons. I figured. Okay. I'll say you have
0: a dagger and a knife. There's no difference between them mechanically, but just for flavor. Okay. Okay, and done. And I will also say that I do have a number of projects that are currently on hold, mostly because I don't have power sources for them.
3: Hmm.
0: I'm... I have... There's a... So the the fungus that was kind of eating away at the crops is still a problem. And Jory had found out that loud sounds can get rid of the fungus. But we would have to make it loud enough in the area to do that. But that would also hurt people's ears. So I made a bubble for people to stand in while that sound was happening to protect them. But it's a force field that needs a, needs a power source. Hmm. And then I did work on a translator to try and figure out what that that song that comes out of the orb sometimes to try and translate that um it hasn't come back since i started working on it but i was hoping to be able to find a power source for that too um you guys haven't found any power sources have you
1: no but i i got an idea of who we might be able to ask about that who oh uh man did we forget to tell you about void uh, we didn't tell you about Voidfriend. Oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's not embarrassing. It's wait, a little wait,
1: embarrassing.
2: Wait, wait, They're- wait. It's wait, only really that, embarrassing the- for you because we've made you the speaker for the party. He is the one that has the focus speaks with a silver tongue. So. I do. Well, wait, wait. Is that, is that the
0: creature that Edo said you found down below the settlement?
1: Yeah, we've been calling him Voidfriend because he's made Boyfriend. out of nothing.
2: Oh, then how do you see it? Creature might be the wrong word.
1: It's It's an intelligence.
2: Being? Being. 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 Okay.
1: Either way, we should probably go talk to them about that.
0: Okay. Well, uh, I was already thinking about uh, heading down there with you guys uh, coming up here, and I think Eidos wants to come along, too. Do you want to bring anyone
2: else?
1: I think that should be fine. We cleared out the way down there. We shouldn't run into any trouble.
2: You say that.
1: I do. Look,
2: Adriel might not be a bad addition. Fair enough. That's a good idea. Well, give me just
0: a little while to uh, clean up my uh, workshop. They kind of glance around. There's really no cleaning to be done, and the workshop is kind of open air, and like it's just piles of different things that would probably seem organized to Rufus, but not anyone else.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So cleaning up is... Not necessarily something that's going to do any good here, but they say it anyway. Uh, if you give me a moment here um, and can find Adriel, and I know Edos uh, said they would be ready to go as soon as you are, so uh, we could probably head down there in just a little bit here. Sounds good. Yep, I'm game. I'm ready. As am I. Would you mind going and finding Adriel and telling her?
2: Oh yeah, sure. Sure. Where do you look? I'm just going to kind of wander with the thought in my mind that it'd be nice to run into Adriel. (laughs) (laughs) She has an interesting
0: set of talents. Mind reading is not one of them.
2: I know, but it also seems like she kind of can sense things like that. I don't know.
3: Isn't she usually like watching? She's usually up high or something, right? Or am I making that up? No,
0: you're right. She's usually on a wall or on the second story of a building or something like that. I will start looking at walls. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like a great pastime.
1: I, I, I will start looking on top of walls.
0: <laughs> All right. Between the three of you, you do eventually find her. And she's actually kind of sitting on one of the medium-sized buildings. Most of the buildings in this area at most are three stories. Two stories is more common. And she's kind of just sitting on a two-story building, gazing out towards the, the orb. And she looks down at, we'll say Nehemiah, found her down at you on the ground, Nehemiah. Can I help you? Uh,
1: Yeah, we're going to be dipping back into that old structure beneath our feet. Can you come with us? We don't anticipate encountering any trouble, but just in case we wouldn't mind the extra muscle.
0: (laughs) Muscle. Yes, that's fine. I'll come
1: along. Great. Thanks. Alright, we'll be leaving as soon as we can find Eidos, and Rufus is going to come, too.
0: A good group. I'll meet you in a moment. Alright. And she hops, like, off the edge of the building back onto the roof and starts making her way down.
1: Right.
2: Oh, I was hoping you were going to just say she hops off the edge of the building.
0: No! (laughs) No! Because that does, like,
2: incur damage. (laughs) I mean, not if there's... What I'm picturing is very specific, but it's kind of like a, an Aladdin thing where there's like a sloping kind of...
1: <laughs> Assassins creating their yes, way Yes, exactly.
2: Like jumping yeah. down and then like kind of gently rolling down an a awning and then landing on their feet in like the superhero pose. Yes.
0: Is there anything else that you guys want to gather or do or take care of before heading down?
2: No. I don't think so. We'll
3: grab trail mix. What's in Jory's trail mix? Oh no. Oh goodness. Uh mostly mochi like bits and different flavors and some local nut-trature. nutriture.
2: Nutriture? <laughs> <laughs> is that
3: actually a word? It is now. Uh, I yeah, exactly. It must be. I said it and I'm never wrong. So. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, cool.
0: So it's mostly nuts and little fruity bits. Cool. You guys make your way to the Tunnel that you had cleared out just outside of the settlement. Uh, and make your way down into the sinkhole. Edos, Rufus, and Adriel are there. Rufus decides to leave Bot-Bot behind. Bot-Bot, uh, Rufus is scared that Bot-Bot will be endangered. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fair. Leaves Bot-Bot behind to do a little bit of organization around the workshop.
1: Just moving piles of round. Yeah, Very much
0: move pile A over to here, pile B over to here, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and very gently playing uh, all by myself, too. Yes. Yeah, that's about right. Reenacting the Bridget Jones open.
0: You guys make your way down, and you get to the elevator, which has now essentially been unlocked, more or less, and is easily utilized. You all climb into it and start the trip down. As you descend, Adriel's looking around. So what else can you tell me about what you found down here, other than the fact that there's a being we're supposed to talk to?
1: All right. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. I, It's somehow getting power from the sounds that it's hearing up there. Like, it's got recordings of all of us it can hear us
3: that's disconcerting but it doesn't seem to be like malicious in any way it's more like just a passing interest or
1: and it's feeding off of it it's not like learning i mean it's it's learning it, it has a vague idea of who we all are at least that's the impression that i got but it's not doing anything with this information it's just it just knows and it eats it it does sustain itself off of the, off of, like, the actual sound, I think, which is a little weird, I will be the first to admit, but...
0: Welcome to the Ninth World.
1: Yeah, yeah but on that same token I was just about to say, I, it sounds like something that Rue might be able to use here.
2: Although, I will say, Void Friend was most anxious, we would not disturb the energy field. Hmm. Well, um... If we're
0: looking for a power source, I have a feeling we are most definitely going to need to disturb the energy field.
2: Which could be a conversation, but it's good to know ahead of time. That is a conversation we had with Voidfriend. Well, well, hopefully,
0: uh, since it's just the one creature, then uh, we'll be able to maybe find a better place for it to live.
1: Maybe.
2: It did mention there were
1: others.
0: Yeah. How many
3: don't
1: know didn't say
3: I think this is going to have to be a dialogue Rufus kind of looks to Eidos like
0: oh dear and Eidos goes that is a quite different scenario than I had originally imagined if there is a secondary colony beneath ours this, this might be a different interaction
1: well, let's let's withhold judgments until we get down there and can actually start talking. No point in speculating, especially this close to whatever they are.
0: This is true. As the conversation finishes, the elevator grinds a little bit as it
3: comes to a slow stop. Ah, I miss this place. I mean, the elevator in general, because I spent a lot of time here in the last day. Mm. Did you take your notes with you, or were they left behind here? I probably left them behind because things were so tense back then. So I'm probably going to gather them up.
0: Rufus picks up the notes and looks at it and goes, "Can you teach me this game? You want to
3: know how to play it? Oh, dynamite! I'm succeeding already. All right, good. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah. But maybe not right now. But um, but yeah. Let me. No, no. When we
0: when we get back. Okay. All right. I'll do it. Adriel rolls her eyes hard.
2: I smile harder. It's terrifying to see.
0: <laughs> you make your way down the curving hallway that has the rooms. Enos makes note that when all of this is taken care of and this area seems safe, this could easily be used as more lodging for people rather mm-hmm. than only using what is above the surface. Everyone at this point has a glow globe out. Those of you who may not have any left in your pack are provided one. It is a minor glow globe. It lasts for an hour. So if you want to activate it now, you can. Otherwise, I will say that Edos and Rufus both have
2: one activated.
1: Mm-hmm. I will activate one and I will walk out in front of the party and just kind of lead the way.
2: I think I'm going to save mine just in case. That's fine.
0: Something I also I read, I read up on glow globes again to make sure I understood them. They can hover.
2: What? What? Oh, cool. Shut the front door.
0: Yeah, this device illuminates everything within a short range in a soft light. It can hover in place on its own or be attached to something.
3: So it's like you put a little string on it and it's like a little pet
2: light bulb. It just kind of floats there. Or you can hold it. So if you want it to float along with you, it can. You could drag it behind you like a little toy dog. But like floating. Like a toy firefly. (laughs)
0: Like a toy firefly. Yes, like that. Good. You continue down the hallway and make it to the stairs with that glowing canister, and then continue on down into the large, circular, theoretically domed room. And although it is a little farther off than where your glow globes can light, you assume that just beyond their illumination is the circular control panel and the rectangular towers that surround it. This is where you had plugged in the control panel only to realize that it started sparking. Anything you would like to do here?
1: I'll explain as we walk on through. It's like, all right, this room... Honestly, this room looks like it used to be kind of the nerve center, but I don't think anything works in here. I mean, Rufus, there's probably a lot of work you could do in here, but...
2: I will point out, we were able to get the control panel operational for a brief moment before the sparking started, which may just be an issue with the wiring. There is some sort of power source in this room. Rufus's eyes are like saucers.
0: (laughs) They are just enamored with everything they're like stammering about can barely form full sentences about the possibilities of what all this could be or what it might do or what they could use it for just sputtering pra- practically like foaming at the mouth in excitement at this point
3: full pupil cat
0: eyes oh yeah yeah oh where oh my god and this with the t- and there's so many sh- okay you said there's power where's the power
2: can we turn it on I direct them over to, like, that plug that we had found that we managed to get it working.
0: Can I, should I plug it in?
2: What happened when you plug it in? Can I plug it in? There was a certain amount of sparks. Was there smoke? I forget if there was smoke.
1: A little bit. Just smelled like burning, mostly.
2: There was no fire, but there was, mm-hmm. like, sparks and electrical, so, like, a,
1: that, kind of,
2: that kind of, Yeah. It seems as if this is no longer operational, but perhaps you could fix it. I would love that. I'm going to
0: spend some time here looking at all of this. Is where? Where else do we need to go? What? What else? What are we doing? Oh my gosh! Void friend. Void friend.
1: The sentient beings that live right, below. Right. Right. The right, settlement. right.
0: Right. 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 Right.
1: Look, if you really want to stick, stick around here, you can, but I think you're going to be equally enthralled by what we're about to show you. Okay, okay. Come on with us. I promise this ain't going anywhere.
0: Okay, I'll... Whew. Did you take some deep breaths?
1: Yes, Woosah, okay. buddy, saw.. Woosa.
0: Okay, we're good, we're good, we're good. We can keep going now. Let's go, let's go. And you continue on down. Through the doorway, there are, again, three doorways in this circular room. The one you came in, one you haven't explored, and then the one that kind of slopes gently downward and then ends in a spiral staircase that goes down to the area where you find Void Friend. You start making your way down the hallway, and before you get about halfway down, once again, kind of coming towards you from the end of the hallway is that black form with the wisps and tendrils of blue, pink and purple light wisping and curling off of it.
1: Hello. Friends. Hey there, friend. Hello. How you
4: doing? <laughs> returned.
1: We have. We've brought others.
4: I see. Do the others have names?
1: Yes. This is Rufus and Edos. And Adriel. <laughs> and Adriel, right. Adriel's been very quiet.
0: When you look back and say, you know, Rufus and Edos, and then you're like, oh, and Adriel, and you look, and she's just staring. Like, not staring daggers at this thing, but clearly trying to figure something out about it. How mm-hmm. have you been?
4: Fine. The same as always. Time is different for us, I think.
3: Well, I'm so glad that you're doing well.
4: What is it you need?
2: We would like to show these new friends the room you showed us before. Yes, of course.
4: Please, follow me.
0: They lead you down the spiral staircase and into that room with rows and rows and rows of these towers, each one having the small, theoretically battery or some sort of capacity monitor a panel with a moving jagged green line on it and the four buttons
4: this is the room where the voices are Mm -hmm.
0: Rufus's jaw just drops
1: I lean over told you buddy
0: there's so much here there's just so much here And Rufus starts, like, walking down the rows, counting, trying to figure out how many of these towers are in here. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: Eidos very serenely looks around, and then both to Voidfriend and to you three. And what is the purpose of these mechanisms?
2: As far as we can tell, this is a recording center. Right. This is... When you
0: told me that you thought that, that the orb was a transmitter, this is not the type of communication I was assuming. Though, to be fair, the Numenera never ceases
2: to surprise. This is true.
1: I mean... I'll be the first to admit that Numenera is not my strong suit, but what were you expecting?
0: I was just not expecting that there would be a storage facility of this magnitude.
1: Mm. Yeah, there's a lot.
2: It's quite involved down here. And I will say, we found what seemed to be uniforms in the rooms we passed on the way from the elevator. This was a large and well-organized facility. Can I play one of these things?
1: Yeah, um... Boyfriend didn't have a problem with us doing that last time.
0: Void friend looks to you.
1: Yes,
4: it did not seem to disrupt any of the energy fields by making the sounds audible to you. Hmm. I think... If you remove them, though, it might change things.
3: We we're not going to do that. We don't want to harm anything.
1: Thank you. Hey, boyfriend, out of curiosity, how many of you are there? Like of your kind? I know there's only one of you, but numbers are hard for me
4: to express. Sure. About
0: they go through the different rows. Mm -hmm. of these, and kind of count off, like, not count off, but, like, pace off like, a number, like a square, and say,
4: this many?
0: And by doing the quick math of this many across by this many down, there is about 70.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, they got, they're rivaling us up there. Alright. We do
4: not, however, take up space the same way you do.
1: No, no, that, that, yeah, that makes sense, I guess, and he, Nehemiah just got his head in his hands, like, mm-hmm. okay, okay, okay.
2: You had mentioned before that there are other beings here as well.
4: Yes, there are many.
2: Many in a similar number to your kind?
4: No, simply just different kinds. Not necessarily all of the same magnitude. We are, I think, the largest number of the same type of thing here.
3: Are the others harmonious? Or do you not get along?
4: Some are neutral. Others wish harm. There are not any that we are in contact with.
3: How... Perhaps... How big is this structure, then? Altogether, it it seems very big under here.
4: It is significantly larger below than it is above.
3: So we've barely touched the surface, really, then of all- everything that's down here. Quite possibly. Oh my. Okay.
4: Hmm.
0: Eidos has gone over to one of the towers and looks over the four buttons that are on there and consults with smallrin briefly, who had figured out the... Which buttons were which to make sure that they are pressing the correct one and presses play. Once again, you get a two people talking, a recording of two people talking. Not in a language you understand. But as this recording is going, Jory, I need you to roll me an Intellect Defense Level 3. 19, so a minor effect. You do not suffer any mental damage as the comprehension graft buzzes. Ah! Ooh, what was that? And the minor effect I will give you is that you realize that you had attached this to your mind, to your brain, without keying it to a language.
3: Oh, boy.
0: Now, the first language it heard, other than the one you speak, is what it has has keyed to.
3: Ooh, which, um... Is it void friend
0: language? (laughs) It is not void friend language. What is it? It is whatever the language that is being spoken from this recording.
3: So I can understand it now. You can understand it now. (laughs) (laughs) I I just start laughing like incessantly and nobody knows
0: why. (laughs) (laughs) Eidos looks to you confused and concerned. Adriel raises an eyebrow.
3: This is my favorite headache.
2: (laughs) Smallren comes over to you and like it's one of those things where like not quite touching your shoulder, but like reaching and like Are you okay?
3: I'm great. <laughs> oh so this thing that I put in my head sort of that can do some things with some stuff and some verbiage. Um I can understand what's being said.
1: Oh, no kidding. Oh yeah. What what's it saying?
3: What's it saying? <laughs>
0: This particular recording is relatively mundane. seems to be two people talking about what they had for lunch.
3: Uh, It's two people talking about what they had for lunch. Huh. What did they have for lunch? Um, They had something called Narthos. You have mm, no idea what Narthos is. Narthos. (laughs) I like to think it's hot chocolate in the form of a biscuit with dates on top i don't know i'm completely making that up it could be sandwiches i don't know do they seem enthusiastic about their lunch they seem to be thinking it's pretty good well
1: sounds like sandwiches
3: yep they've had a long day and they're enjoying their nibble noms i guess Mm. by that point you hear the very soft click and the recording ends huh well what did it sound like to you all? Because it just sounded like normal words to me.
1: Just nothing. Like, I mean, I could hear it, but I couldn't couldn't begin to tell you what kind of language that was.
2: I forget. the The recordings that we've heard, does it sound similar as a language to the song that we've occasionally heard from the orb? It does. Well... That's one thing Rufus might not need power for anymore, as long as Jory's here. I don't know if all these are the same, though, are they? We could check. Okay, uh, hit me with
0: another if you'd like. Edo steps down to the next one and presses it. You can understand it. Okay, what's this one about? This one is about complaining about the fact that the cables that they had shipped in seem to be faulty
3: oh that's just lame they got a shipment of faulty cables they're gonna try to send it back but they don't know if it's gonna
2: work Ugh, they're grumpy i hate to break it to you zan but i think we're gonna spend the whole rest of this session just wandering up and down these rows asking what the recordings are what's this one say what's this one say
3: what's this one say (laughs) next please I'm going to start a novel called What I Heard in the Underground Layer" by Jory Osteer. If you want to spend the
0: entirety of the <laughs> session doing that, you're more than welcome to. No, no, no. At Edos's kind of urging, you do try a couple more. Most of them seem to be relatively mundane. Either just kind of like daily goings-on conversation, a couple about kind of mechanical things. There's one in particular where it's two people actually arguing over the best course of action for fixing a portion of the structure.
3: Aha. I will explain that to them as well and say, ooh, this is specific to this place. Well, um ito speaks up. Well, I do think that
0: all of them are specific to this place. My understanding of this
2: is correct. It only records things that are here. Mm. Or around. Right. We did hear a recording of things happening above ground in the settlement recently.
4: Mm.
3: I think it's probably still close enough that it counts. While we're listening, are there any that... Does it just seem mostly like a subtle sort of eavesdropping type of recordings or is there any examples of people using it like a log like specifically talking to a thing knowing it's recording After a little bit of investigation
0: um, you do find a portion that is more of like a log more of a not like a diary but like a a workman's
3: or progress type log Day 26 Cables still haven't arrived in the right increment and very upset going to have whatever food that was that I can't remember the name of now. Narthos. <laughs> Thank you. Dates on cocoa biscuits.
0: That's more or less what you hear for the most part. If you want to spend time combing through these dozens and dozens and dozens of towers to figure out if you can piece together more information, you're more
2: than welcome to do that. It will take a lot of time though. I will defer to Edos on that. I think this may speak to what you've been trying to do with the spire, but there's also much we have not seen. There is
0: so much we have not seen. I am very interested in all of the things that each and every one of these recordings has to say, if not for the fact that we might be able to get more information about what the structure does and what it has been used for in the past. But if nothing more than that, we can understand the people who were once here, the people who built this, the people who maintained it. There is a lot to learn. I do not know that we are in the right place to do that now. Perhaps we can set up an outpost out here, and I do not want to rely only on Jory's abilities, because that would be... Quite a bit of strain to put on one person to translate so many recordings.
3: Well, I, I am at your disposal. I mean, you've all saved my life like twice over, basically. So whatever work I can do, I'd love to do. But I, I will say, if we're going to establish some kind of an outpost down here, I, I want to make sure it's not interfering with um, void Friend or any of his people or, you know, encroaching on their territory. They are sort of the democracy down here void friend does the equivalent of tilting (laughs) its head (laughs) tilting where
2: its head might be
0: might be yeah uh the 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 vague uh dark shape kind of tilts a little bit
4: all we continue to ask is that you do not disrupt the energy
1: speaking of which um we did have a question about that uh rufus over there I imagine they're still just wandering wide-eyed. Suddenly... Uh, they're a kind of an inventor for us. Uh, we were wondering if you might have a source of energy that they could use to you know, make their inventions go. The only source of energy we know of here is
4: the sounds, the voices. Do
1: you know... How do you make that work, then?
4: There is no conversion that we have to do. It Mm. seems that whatever this place was built for makes energy from sound. All right. These are essentially large batteries of sound. Huh.
1: I wonder if there's a way that we could tap into it without hurting y'all, of course.
3: Void friend ripples mm. a
1: little
4: bit. That would disrupt the energy fields.
3: Let's not do that, Noted. then. We, we don't want to hurt anybody. That's not what we're
4: here for. Mm-hmm. What
2: if, void friend, we were able to increase the energy field? How? Well, Rufus did say that they had created something that would cause a large sound that we were planning to use to kill fungus on the crops, is it not possible that we could create enough sound to increase the amount of energy produced by this structure?
4: That is not a form of technology I am familiar with.
2: But if it were possible, would you object to us tapping into the energy field if we were able to increase its output.
4: The energy that is here has long been sustained. If we can find a way to maintain the current level that it is at, without decreasing what me and my kind need, I might be able to find a way to agree to that.
0: You again see the ripple of that light coming off
3: they are the friendly tone from their voice is gone Mm. we shall make no moves period unless we have your full approval does everyone agree Mm -hmm. Eidos is standing
0: there with their arms crossed not to be rude but how do we know when we've taken too much void friend ripples he will know Thank you so much for listening to episode 20 of Imprinted Echoes. If you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you'll find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website at imprintedechoes.com. On our website, you'll also find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you have the ability to help us out monetarily. And with that, I would also like to thank Kim, Nate, and Connor as our current patrons for their continued support. If you'd like to help us in other ways but don't necessarily have the money to donate to Patreon, there are other ways you can give us a hand, most specifically by giving us a good rating and review on whatever podcatcher will let you. That goes a long way in helping us get our name out there and have more people listen to our awesome stories. As always, you can also find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQLoudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at ReallyBrigid. And also be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media at GLM Pods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, Mayor Ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zane Campbell Johannes and Chase Greenlee, and is edited by Pat Mahood. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This is a ghost-like media production.